All right, back on. It's been a while, but um, season's over, unfortunately. Um, Super Bowl's over. It's like what one in the morning, damn near. Um, gonna talk about Super Bowl. Gonna talk about the Bengals. Probably mostly the Bengals. Anything else? Um. So, uh, what do you think? It's a good season. I mean, obviously, we we would like for the Bengals to be hoisting the trophy, but it can't happen every year, and they've still got a few things they got to work out. But they're they're close. They're really good. They're one of the four best teams in the NFL, and that's a consistent knowledge thing now. Everybody knows that. Um. Let's uh, let's just talk. I mean, since we're um, right after Super Bowl, let's just talk about that. What do you think? It was a good game. I I didn't really have a dog in the fight per se. The football fan of me didn't care. I just wanted it to be a good game. The Bengals fan of me wanted the Eagles to win, but I mean, I think It's hard because, like, to me, the Eagles are, as a constructed, are a better team. Mm-hmm. But the Chiefs are a lot more top-heavy. You know, I look at the Eagles, and they're all phenomenal players. But the Chiefs had the three best players in this game, in Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones, you know. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, Had had Jalen Hurts not just dropped the ball, I think we'd be having a different conversation. But that that kind of is what it is. Those things happen. They're a young team. They'll be back. That team's too good, even though they're going to lose a lot of people this offseason. They'll be back. That team, that coaching staff is too good. Of course, that coaching staff might get blown up. Yeah, isn't it uh, crazy that Nick Sirianni came from Uh, he came from Indianapolis as an offensive coordinator. Now his offensive coordinator is going to the Colts. Yeah, it's – what's really funny is, like, this really has nothing to do with that, but if you watch, like, his his press conference at the beginning of this year's Super Bowl, like when they do the media day, and then you watch his press conference when he got the job, the press conference when he got the head coaching job at Philadelphia might be the worst press conference ever. He was fumbling and bumbling his words. He was It was terrible, but he's so professional now. And he really has done a really good job, and I think that's that's like a, a point of going full circle. You know what I mean, what you said, where it's like when you are that good, and, I mean, you see it with the Chiefs every year. You see it with the Bengals now, it seems like, every year, where – I mean, you saw with the 49ers this year, when you're that good, your offensive and defensive quarter or coordinators, even like your position coaches, get jobs, good, like big-time jobs, coordinating and head coaching jobs from other teams. Mm -hmm. So it – now half of them probably ain't going to work out. You know, if Lou Anarumo ends up, I hope he doesn't, if he ends up going to Arizona, I don't think that's going to work out because Arizona is not a good situation right now. Uh, Did you see him cry and tear up during the national anthem? Who? 
Nick Sirianni. No, no, it's I like, didn't. You know, like the second most patriotic person I've ever seen in my life, besides Kurt Angle. Like literally, the <laughs> the only the only way you get more patriotic than <laughs> Kurt Angle is you turn into an apple pie. <laughs> literally, turn into an apple pie behind yeah. Kurt Angle. Yeah, Kurt Angle eating an apple pie. Yeah, you don't get much more patriotic than that on the 4th of July, maybe. That's about it. Yeah, and um, then you, like, set that stuff up on your skin, and then you get sunburnt, and it's, like, shaped in the American flag or some shit. Okay, let's let's get back to football. You still couldn't be more patriotic than... I mean, you might feel free as fuck like that, but no, you're still not as patriotic as Kurt Angle. Let's not get into a dick-measuring contest <laughs> about who's more patriotic. There's no contest. <laughs> it's Kurt Angle. So. Um, but, yes, Pat Mahomes got the MVP. This game, in we, my opinion, this game was, it was a really weird game because nothing really stood out. Nothing stood out at all. Um, you had, like, teams just going back and forth. There was not... One legitimate sack, yet technically, like Joe Burrow said on that one podcast, like sacks are, um, he said something basically like a really weird stat because Jalen Hurts, you know, he scrambled, ran out of bounds right at the, like technically right before the line of scrimmage, untouched. It's a sack, technically. Other than that, no sacks at all, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, it, it was really weird. Like, there were no sacks, no interceptions, but it was a really defensive game. Yeah, Pat Mahomes, I don't think, I don't think he had over 200 yards. I don't even think he had 200, yard, 200 passing yards at all. I think. No, he had over 200 total yards. He didn't have over 200 passing yards, but he had over, because okay, he had like four <laughs> rushes for 51 oh. yards, dude. Hold on, when you look at the stats, all right, I'm, I'm going to show you an ESPN stat real quick and tell me. All right, let me find it real quick. All right, right there. See where it says Pat Mahomes? And it says like um, like 21 for 27 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 182 yards. That's passing, right? Yeah, that's passing specifically. Okay. Yeah, and those three touchdowns. Those three, two of those touchdowns, I'm not belittling or like degrading what he did, but I mean, they were simple (coughs) passes. They were simple passes, faking out the defense and whatnot. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say anybody could make them, but. No, I mean, I I think we kind of get. Yes, you, you threw three touchdown passes. But Jalen Hurts only threw one, but he ran for three, right? Didn't he? Yeah, he had three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he had um, three rushing touchdowns. Seventy. He's the only player and er, only quarterback in NFL history to um, two rushing, t- well, multiple rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. Yeah, I, I think we kind of get bored. Of Mahomes? Is that bored of seeing Mahomes do well? I mean, the things he does is 
incredible. He's, I mean, he's the best quarterback in football, uh, in my opinion. You know, it's him and Burrow. They're the top two, and then everybody else is kind of fighting. Hurts, Hurts might be up there, but um, I, I think, like, when you saw the – I'm going to bring up the one to McKinnon earlier in the year when Mahomes was rolling out to the right – and he just like chucked it over his shoulder. Is that um, and McKinnon caught it and took it forty yards. People were saying like, "Oh, that's the best play we've ever seen." Like, no, if there was somebody covering McKinnon, Mahomes can't do that. He does incredible things, but McKinnon took it forty yards. And you know these things that he does are incredible, but they're only incredible if they work. When they stop working, people are going to call it stupid. That's that's just how it's going to work out. It'd be like, well, that was a stupid throw. Why do you do? If he does, if he tries to do that and keep a play alive, and throws an interception, everybody but Chris Collinsworth is going to be like, well, that was stupid. All right, this is how weird the game is to me. Um, Pat Mahomes, twenty-one for twenty-seven, hundred eighty-two yards, three touchdowns. Forget all the the first touchdown to. Um, Kels was good. Kels, Kelsey, whatever the fuck his name is. It's technically Kels, but everybody calls him Kelsey. Do do people call Travis Travis Kelsey and they call Jason Jason Kels? I think that's just something they brought up on their podcast. I think that's a little But it doesn't matter. It it really doesn't. In the grand scheme of things it doesn't yeah. matter. And I think it actually is Kels because I, I believe Travis admitted it, saying like, "Yeah, it's Kels, but everybody calls me Kelsey." It's like Rihanna. Like, do we want to be, you know, sophisticated and like think, "Oh, it's Rihanna," but no, it's Rihanna. Um, and we'll talk about her here in a bit. But you have Pat Mahomes, hundred eighty-two yards, a nice pass to Travis. Two little dinky passes to, I think the same wide receiver, didn't he? Wasn't it this? I don't. The the two, one was Sky Moore. The two touchdown passes, the two simple touchdown passes I'm talking about, they were the exact same play. One exact was Sky play. Moore. Yeah. I don't remember what the other one might have been. Sky Moore too. Okay. I don't remember. Travis Kelsey led the Chiefs in receiving yards with 81 yards. They put up. 38 points. They scored. <laughs> there were five touchdowns scored by the Chiefs, and 81 yards was the most receiving. To me, that's weird. Um, receiving yards for Eagles. Uh, Devonta Smith. Is it Devonta or Devonta? Devonta. Devonta Smith. Seven receptions for exactly 100 yards. Jalen Hurts, 15 carries for 70 yards, three touchdowns. That's the rushing yards. Uh, Pacheco had 76, which that's that's pretty decent. Um, and Mahomes had 51. That's that's not yeah. bad, you know. Um, and then Jalen Hurts had 306 or 3, 304 yards, and one touchdown. Um, he went 27 for 38. And that, that whole, like, storyline of, oh, he, his shoulder, he, it's not 100%. He's not going to throw the deep ball. He put those – he put that shit to rest. He's got a good arm, man. I mean, going deep to Devontae Smith and then A.J. Brown. 
and uh, what's his name, Matthews. Remember, he went uh, he went deep to uh, Matthew, I believe. I, I think that's his last name. A tight end? No, he went deep to a receiver, um, I think in the third quarter. But the receiver kind of, like, I don't want to say stop, but he, he didn't go at the same speed. He kind of, like, slowed down for a quick second, and then he, like, he just, like, bobbled it. It was probably Watkins. Quez Watkins. I think it was – I'm pretty sure it was a guy named Matthews. But anyway, uh, he, he, th- he threw the deep ball multiple times. Um, so, like, that whole thing is irrelevant. But you got handed to the defense. You really do. I mean, it <laughs> – I, well, I, you got to remember, one of the Chiefs' touchdown was a fumble recovery that mm-hmm. that you know Hurst just dropped, which is which is odd because generally when you see, I guess Mahomes did have three touchdowns and over two hundred total yards, but when you see a defensive touchdown in the Super Bowl, that person normally wins Super Bowl MVP. Yes, you know Malcolm Smith. Exactly. Yeah. The look. Yeah. yeah, Malcolm Smith for the Seahawks. He was Super Bowl MVP, and that I mean yeah generally a defensive touchdown will win you Super Bowl MVP that's just but I think Mahomes had Mahomes was quote-unquote dynamic with 51 rushing yards and almost 200 passing yards and he had three TDs so they're gonna give him that you know what I mean yeah and then the uh, like the tweak like when he tweaked his ankle yeah yeah okay he tweaked his ankle and then um they punt it right and the Eagles have the ball for the rest of the half, then you have an almost 30-minute Super Bowl, or just a altogether, all I think it's a, they said 29-minute halftime. And then he comes out really well, does fine, his ankle's not hurt. Regardless of how hurt his ankle is, if he, if he had hurt it, and then it gets tweaked and he re-aggravates it, all right, and you have an amazing ath- athletic training, medical staff, whatever you want to call them. Those Rihanna was out there dancing, do, saying, bitch, better have my money. All right. Those mofos were in there wrapping that ankle constantly, like wrapping as much. So that ankle ap- in the second half was heavily taped. All right. He was fine. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, he probably just tweaked it where, where he hurt himself. If I had to guess, I'd say he just tweaked it. I'd, I'd say it wasn't like a, it, it was wasn't a, a serious, yeah, stinger. That yeah. would be the best, the best way to put it. It probably just land twisted wrong, landed on the wrong, whatever it was, and it probably just. And you said uh, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I like what Dan Orlovsky said. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. Joe Burrow is the best at quarterbacking. I I do agree with that to an extent. I I think Mahomes is the best quarterback, but I I think it's very slight. I think Burrow is better at, like, pre-snap reads, knowing what the defense is going to do. The bad thing about Burrow is it's not really a bad thing about Burrow. It's the offensive line's not very good. I mean, even when they're healthy, they're not very good. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's unfortunate because I like all of all those players, and they were better than yeah. Well, I guess technically now it's last season, but they were better than the season they went to the Super Bowl. Like this year's offensive line was better than that mm-hmm. that year's offensive line. Yeah, they'll what whatever happens. I mean, we'll, we'll tout our opinions here soon, but whatever happens, they just gotta one. They have to play a preseason game. Just play two series, two series a game, one series a game, whatever. Just kind of get a feel for it, you know. Um, and Burrow having appendectomy. I mean, it's not a. Everybody talks about it, it's a major surgery. Mm, I mean, it I was guess. sudden. That's why they. I think that's why because it was so sudden, and he just he couldn't. You know, he wasn't able to. That's all good. I've been doing it too. Um, he wasn't able to um, practice mm-hmm. and participate like he wanted to. You know well, what he, I mean? He participated in those runs on that golf course. Yeah, on that golf course. On that golf course. Yeah, but Savage. he he wasn't. He, yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't able to do that like he would want to. And you know, barring barring anything, I'm gonna knock on wood here. But barring anything happening. They should get a full, like, OTA and preseason mm-hmm. and stuff together. Now, I, I do think that potentially – I actually don't think a whole lot's going to change on the offensive line. I think you might see a left guard, but if anything's going to change, they're going to have a new right tackle. That's – that's because I think the Bengals are going to spend their – they're obviously going to try and get Burrow and probably Higgins and maybe even Wilson locked up this offseason. Um, but they're they're gonna spend their their cap probably. I mean, if Lou comes back, it's gonna be on pass rush because they were not they were good at pressuring the quarterback. They were not good at sacking the quarterback, and they're gonna try and fix that. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, we talked about this off air about like the you're not gonna talk about officiating, but I'll I'll just get it off my chest. My thing with officiating is. I'm not going to sit here by no means and say the NFL's rigged or it's scripted and they got their scripts at the – they get their scripts, you know, like Arian Foster said. But I will say this. With how pre- – is prevalent – I'm trying to sound sophisticated. Is prevalent meaning big? Prevalent means like how – Like how prevalent – um, it, you know how it was out for everybody to see how ev- how relevant it is to okay okay then how prevalent sports to betting, a wide audience how prevalent sports betting has become in the last year year and a half yeah, yeah. and how much bigger it's going to be I heard somewhere where maybe in like the next year or two that sports betting will be available in forty six states okay. And I think it's only available in like 17 right now. It just went in Ohio. Now, I'm not saying the NFL is rigged or it's going to be rigged. But when you have stuff like the um, the ref in the NBA who got caught for um, like, you know, changing games and whatnot and got sent away. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But 
with how big sports betting is and how much money is going to be on the line on certain games and whatnot, it is going to only add fuel to the fire of the people that think it is fixed up. Because you never know. I mean, that dude, Don, Donahue, is that his name? Donahue or something like that? Pat Donahue? You know um, what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You never know. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, they're talking about how the NFL is rigged. All it takes is like a ref. I mean, it's just simple. One, one ref could just be like, eh, you know. All right, so somebody's just going to come to me, pay me big money. I mean, it, I'm not saying it will happen, but it's a long shot, but it could happen. Somebody's going to pay me big money to make a questionable call. Okay, and then people are going to rat on me, and then they're going to forget about it in a couple weeks, and everything's going to go back to normal. My thing with officiating is, one, I know this is a lot to ask for, and it's very gray. It's going to be a very gray statement. When it comes to the last two minutes of it, of any game that is close, right? If it comes down to any game that is one, within one score of each other, within the last two minutes, that the NFL should tell the refs, hey, we're not going to tell you to not make calls in the last two minutes. Just only make calls. Don't make ticky-tack calls. That one was a ticky-tack call. Okay. I mean, Greg Olson even said, I don't know about that. And last year, Chris Collinsworth, who everybody thinks he hates the Bengals for some reason, he has said, um, I mean, his exact words were, that's the call. You know, he, he – no one would have called that. They're ticky-tack. What I'm saying is last two minutes, the NFL should just say to the refs, do not make a call unless it is blatantly callable. Don't make ticky-tack calls, okay? Because then things, w- you will alter the game. I'm not saying you're going to alter the outcome, but you're going to alter the game. Well, it, the, okay, so I, I know I say I, I'm, I don't like talking about officiating because of – Officials have, like, refs have a really hard job. You know what I mean? It is extremely hard. And NFL fans, I get it in the moment. We're like, oh, that's that's a bullshit call, you know. But they have a very hard job, and they are trying to do that job to the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, that holding call on Bradbury – was exactly like the call against Logan Wilson. Yeah, I mean, it was my biggest issue, because it was holding, I think. My biggest issue, that one was more obvious than the Logan Wilson one. My biggest issue with it was, one, he did, Kelsey wasn't being targeted. He was being, it was I, being I, thrown I, I thought it was back. on Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm pretty sure it was on Kelsey. I think so. To me, if it's the same play, I'm thinking Mahomes threw the ball to the back of the end zone and somebody grabbed Kelsey off his route. And if that's the holding call, if that's what it was. James Bradbury grabbed somebody on the side and they were like turning. Yeah, that's the – I think it was Kelsey. Okay, well, whoever it was. Regardless, that essentially – 
won the Chiefs the game, right? Yes. Uh, and that that's, I think, the issue where you run into is it's like the referee's calls should not decide the outcome of the game unless, like you said, they are blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially in the Super Bowl. Yes. The biggest game of the year, I. That's these last two years, it's been like, I understand why you guys made that call. I don't understand why you made it in the Super Bowl. Exactly. And the thing with, like, Joey Bosa is the perfect example. All right. Uh, Against the Jaguars. I, I think it was the call where he takes his helmet and he throws on the ground, and then, or, it, yeah, how'd it go down? He got a call against him, then he threw the helmet on the ground, right? He didn't get the call for throwing the helmet on the ground, right? I don't I think it was like remember. a late, it was like an unnecessary roughness, or anyway, they got a call on him, and it was kind of a questionable call, maybe a BS, ticky-tacky, whatever. And then, he after, at the end of the game, he come, He's in the locker room, and he says some kind of bogus things, which I didn't necessarily agree with, but he w- it was deemed criticizing the refs. My issue with it is they, players, sometimes coaches, will criticize the refs, and they'll get fined for it, okay? But then... The refs will make questionable calls or BS calls, and there is no accountability for them. And you can say, well, you know, they might get a slap on the wrist or they might not play in this game. That doesn't – they might not play in the next game. That doesn't matter. They're still going to get paid. They are not going to lose money because they get paid significantly less. If you find them – for messing up, get, just give them like a three-strike rule. One time, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does, right? One mistake, okay? You just like slap on the wrist. Hey, look, come on, you can do better. Second one, fine them. Third one, there there has to be some kind of uh, reprimanding. I almost said reprimandation. I don't think that's a word. I don't think it is. Um, it like, is for uh, this podcast. I, I'm like uh, 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 Daniel Benoit. Not oh, <laughs> you know the dude off. Uh, Sorry, Vince. Uh, the dude off of uh, Knives Out. Remember when he? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like we discovered, like that's not a word. <laughs> and then Edward Norton says another word, and he's like, "That's still not a word." <laughs> yeah. Um, but there has to be some reprimanding for it. Like let repercussions for yeah, it. Yeah, repercussions. Like get it in the head that there is accountability. Like, you know, do a three strike rule, just what I said, and then on the third one, suspend them again. And then if they do it again, like suspend them the rest of the season. They do it again, I mean, suspend them the just fire them. I mean I mean, I get what you're saying. The problem is is then you're you're cycling a job. That is very hard to come by at that point. Or you're putting extra work on certain individuals that are doing it as a secondary profession. You know what I mean? That That's yeah. the issue. 
I know what you're saying, but I don't think there's a, I don't think there is a way in the public eye for there to be repercussions. I'm sure the NFL talks to them about it behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. The public just probably doesn't see it, but there's no way the NFL can't be like, can't put a referee on blast for every fan player, whatever to see. You know what I mean? They just, they can't do that. I guess the headline of what I'm trying to say, the big picture is there has to be accountability for refs making multiple mistakes. Keyword multiple. In in the postseason, I would say yes. The regular season, now if it's at the end of the year and it's deciding seeding or deciding who's making the playoffs, sure. But definitely in the postseason. Like that that to me is in the postseason and in with three games left in the regular season. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that would be fair. What would it be? Christmas week and on. Yeah, yeah, that would be fair. Like that. I'm just saying, come up with some way of having accountability for refs, multiple mistakes. All right? Um, yeah, I, I just want Eagles to win. I heard all, well, I want, I'm a Bengals fan, so I would like to see the AFC win. Fuck that. All right, no. Me, personally, if a team beats me, I want to see that team burn. All right? Just, I, I want to see them be absolutely fucking miserable. Okay? I'm not going to, well, hey, you just beat me. I'm going to root for you. If I were a quarterback and I lost in the AFC or NFC championship and I met the other quarterback at the field, I, I'm just going to say, good job. I will never utter, call me a sore fucking loser. I will never utter the words, go win it, bud. Fuck that. Well, that, I mean. That's probably that, why I'm not a quarterback. You're entitled to your opinion. Not everybody has to agree with your opinion. I I personally just want, if the Bengals aren't in it, I just want the best team to win. I want it to be the best game. And Yeah. You know. um, Chiefs broke the uh, um. The coin curse. There was uh, either I don't know if, if if it was. They broke the MVP curse too. Yeah. Um, the uh, what was it? The curse was um, since Super Bowl Forty Nine. So I don't know if it Super Bowl Forty Nine was the last time this happened, or it started at Super Bowl Forty Nine, but. Um, for the last several years, the team that won the coin toss in the beginning lost the game. And um, I think, like, the last um, – there's also, like, a white jersey curse going on. Like, uh, the 10 of the last 12, I think now it would be 11 of the last 13 Super Bowls. The team wearing the white jersey is one. I mean, but what I, what I was thinking was I got really excited when the Chiefs won the coin toss. I was like, Eagles are going to win this, motherfucker. Yeah, oh, I got so pumped up. And then um, I also remembered that one of those two teams 
that won not wearing a white jersey were the Eagles when they beat the Patriots. So I was like, hell yeah. I and mean, another thing, I, one last thing I want to say about Super Bowl, then you can say yours. But I was really disappointed. There were no, like, trick plays at all. I mean, that whole, did you see the little merry-go-round stupid shit that? Uh, no. Um, uh, you mean during the regular season? No, 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 no. There was a play. It was kind of late in the game. Uh, the Chiefs did score on that drive, and it was within, like, the – I think they were at, like, two- or three-yard line. But um, they did that stupid shit where the offensive, an offensive lineman got in the middle, and then all the receivers – a bunch of receivers and Pat Mahomes just did, like, a merry-go-round behind him. They did a little dance or some shit, and then got up to the line and kind of confused the – uh, defense, and he just threw it out of bounds. Um, he did it against the Raiders, I think, on New Year's Eve or on uh, yeah, something like that. That is arrogance. I that you can say what you want. It's to confuse the defense. No, that's arrogance. Well, I'm sorry, and it may not be. They may not be going into it thinking, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna make them look stupid." But there is a hint of arrogance to that, regardless of how you do it. And but. You know, it worked in the regular season, so. It didn't work in the regular season. They did it against a Raiders team that w- it was pretty much a pointless game. Um, did they complete the play? No. It didn't. I, I thought I, they I'm did. I'm pretty sure it didn't work. I'm, uh-huh. Yeah. They put, I, again, it's. Late season, it, Raiders were done. Again, um, it's just, it's, air, it's, it's a hint of arrogance. I mean, but to, in that same vein. Cincinnati smack talking like a word, you know, the burrow head thing. That was a hint of arrogance too. I mean, I love my team, but that, that was a hint of a hint of arrogance. Yeah. And, and you know, you got it. And I think the Bengals played about as good a game as they could play against the chiefs, given the circumstances, you know, given the offensive line and not having a woozy a, and you know, so I, I think, I don't think it was a bad game. I don't think they like they talked all that smack and then came out and laid a dud. Is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Um. So obvious sign Joe Burrow. That that's the obvious goal of the yeah. offseason. Yeah. Um. Can they pretty much reach an extension whenever, or do they have to wait until free agency? What do you when, mean? Like they have to wait till the season's over. So they they could from now until free agency they can. Okay. Um so I'm just going to give you uh I'm going to tell you some names, you tell me what you think will happen. Um besides like Joe Burrow. Uh do they sign T Higgins this year? I think they try to. I I think they do try to get him into like a anywhere between 3 and 5 year deal. Okay. Now Real quick, since he's still on his rookie contract, Joe Burrow's on his rookie contract. They wouldn't take effect until after next season, the contracts. You could lock them up. And, okay. like, if they signed Higgins to a four-year deal, it's essentially a five-year deal because okay. he still has to play through next season. Okay. Um, Joe Mixon. I know he's not a free agent. He's but. interesting. I think he'll be back, but I could see where he has to restructure or get cut. 
Um, Samaje, be running. I think he'll be back. I think they'll bring him back. Okay. Uh, we we have a really good running core. Like, yeah, my biggest issue with the running core is we're a pass first team, and you have like the fifth highest spending on your running back room. Yeah, on a pass first team, that's not great. But I mean, it it is a good running back core. Those two are both really good together. Hayden Hurst. I could see him coming back, but I think he walks. I think he goes somewhere else. Uh, what about um, is Mitchell Wilcox? Is he a? He's a free agent too. Yeah, I think he'll. He, I don't think he'll be back. He, he may be. I don't think. I've seen back. a lot of mock drafts. Us picking uh, Darnell Washington. There's a couple now where Mayor's fallen to us. Yeah, so, I mean, I would. I think you take best player available. Yeah. Obviously, you want to get your – I think you want to shore up your tackles and your left guard. I mean, Volson could be the guy, but you – I don't know. Um, hmm. I would at least try to keep one tight end because besides those two, who do we have? I mean, we have Drew Sample, but – Stop. He's ass. I'm just saying, we do have him. You said, who do we have? We have Drew Zamble. Cut that motherfucker. But um, <laughs> I, I think you just take best player available. You know, no, Drew, I, I, I can't really say anything about Drew Sample. Um, I, I just have a friend that hates him, and then it, he hates him so much for some reason. Um, I, I just, I don't think he's been. He hasn't got the chance to prove. Really good blocking tight end. Yeah. Really good blocking yeah. tight end. But we get Darnell Washington, 6'7". He can block very well. I mean, he's essentially another lineman. Um, yeah, that's great in the run game, but again, we're a pass-first offense. I it, I, 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 would, I, I, I would almost take Mayer over but, Darnell but you, Washington you, you, if he's there. You can develop him. Oh, yeah, you could, yeah. Um. God, imagine if Tyler Eifert wasn't injury prone. Wasn't made of glass. Wasn't yeah. the fish from SpongeBob. Yeah. But every night I break my legs. And every, every morning, morning I break my arms. Yeah. Um, suckers. <laughs> um, so we, Hayden Hurst, you think he walks. You think Mitchell Wilcox walks. Uh, you want best player available. Um. Now, what if the best player available is like, I don't know, B. John Robinson? Yeah. Oh, if B. John's there, you take him. I don't okay, mix him. We'll figure it out later. But if B. John's there, you, he is a generational talent. And you can fifth-year option him, and you can franchise. So you have him six years. The team that drafts him will have him for six years on a <laughs> really good deal. I don't think he'll be there at 28. I'd, or okay. 29 whenever they pick. I don't think he but will be. if you get him on there, it, say you draft him, okay, and you cut Mixon, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and s- just say Samaj P. Ryan walks. Mm-hmm. All right. Bijan, get him in there, and you start giving Travion Williams and Chris Evans reps. They're both good. Like the one thing I was like shocked by was the 
the least amount or the small amount of usage they had for Chris Evans. Me per like when I, when I think of running backs or like tight ends or wide receivers that aren't stars, I just want reliable. You, you know, like I I don't care how good you are. If you can get me five yards on, like, second down or something like that, I'm cool with that. Um, I think a lot of Bengals fans feel that way, The and I'll tell you why I don't, because the Bengals' offensive line is bad. That's why P. Ryan featured a lot more this year, because he can block. He can max protect. He can help them. Chris Evans can't do that, and it's no fault of his own. He's just too small. He's great in, like, slip out in the flat and get, like, a, you know, short first down or something. Burrow just dump it off and get a short first down. Or he's great for getting a touchdown in the red zone where nobody really accounts for him. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, being a multi-down back with the offensive line we have, Chris Evans can't do that. It, it's no fault of his own. It's just our offensive line won't allow him to do that. It's why P. Ryan played more snaps against Kansas City than Joe Mixon did. Because they needed to max protect. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that was that that was not a good look for Joe Mixon at the end of the season. Um. Who else? Logan. We, we could sign Logan Wilson, but I'm not going to include him. You would. I think you try to, but I. You. you if. If. I would rather have Burrow and Higgins first he, done he, and yeah, out yeah. of the way. He would be like a in this situation. He would just like be a third option third biggest option um Jermaine Pratt that's one I could I think he's gonna walk I don't think he's coming back I think he's gonna ask for too much money mm-hmm. um but I could see him coming back I think that's a toss-up that's a 50-50 Von Bell I would love to have Bell back I think if someone offers him like 10 mil a year he's gone I don't think the Bengals will pay him that. But if he gets out there in free agency and nobody offers him more than like seven, eight mil a year, I think the Bengals would pay that and bring him back. What about um, Jesse Bates? That's a foregone conclusion. He's I gone. mean, he's outside of a miracle, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Eli Apple? I can see him coming back, but I think he sits behind Cam Taylor Britt if he does. I think he's a backup if he does on, like, a team-friendly deal. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, sh- Damn. Clark Harris ain't going to. He actually may be back the more I think about it. He may actually be back, Clark yeah. Harris might. Like, think about that. All that shit goes wrong, and the main reason we lose that game, again, the first game of the season, Joe Burrow, four interceptions. It basically took three acts from God for the Steelers to win that game. And then, like, Joe Burrow throws four interceptions, and we still have a chance to win the game, and we don't win because of two bad snaps. Because our long snapper, who is like 37 years old, which is basically 80 in the real world, 
gets put on the special teams to be a tackler at 37 years old and tears his bicep. All right. Anyway, I'm just... Uh, Like I said, axe from God. Yeah, I'm nitpicking and living in the past. Um, But, uh, oh, random, random thought. Now that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, typically... Oh, yeah, Cincinnati, Kansas City going to be the opener? That could be. Or it's going to be Philadelphia, Kansas City. I thought that was at Philadelphia, though. I'm pretty positive it's at Kansas City. So it's one of those two games that's going to open up. Um, But with... Like, the game was good. The Super Bowl... And maybe had they not called that against the Eagles, it could have been deemed a classic. Um, But there wasn't really any animosity between the two teams. I will say this. Watching it, everybody tackled hard. I mean, you know how you can just tackle and get them on the ground and that's it? No. There were some dudes that they had that dog mentality, like this is the game of my life. I'm going to I'm going to hit you as hard as I can. I will make sure you're on the ground. Like they both teams came to play to win. For a lot of the Eagles players, this might be because there is a lot of Eagles players that are up for contract this year and they don't have a bunch of cap space. So I mean you could see the Eagles may be like an entirely new team. Now granted you know, they have guys like rookies like Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis. and See, bottom, they're both uh, at the bottom. They're both at yeah, Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. so, yeah, it could be Philadelphia, Kansas City. Yeah. It could. Um, I think the rivalry aspect would be cooler. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I, I have a feeling it will. Uh, the Thursday after Labor Day, three days after Labor Day, that's when it always starts. That would be the that would be that would kick off the uh, season. Um, that that's going to be a lot of motivation for Joe Burrow going into Arrowhead season, kick off the season against the Super Bowl winning team, the team that puts you out on a very um, I don't want to say controversial, interesting game, very. Very interesting ending to the game. Just game in general, yeah. in my opinion. Um, oh, it's going to look good. Um, hey, what, what were we talking about before that? You were asking, like, pre-agency. Agency. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Jermaine, you think he'll walk. You want Bell to sign. Jesse Bates, foregone conclusion. Eli Apple, you want him to be a back. I don't necess- I don't really care if he comes back or not, but I think he will be okay. back on like a minimum. So, who do you think we could pick up? Because yes, we're a good team. Yes, we missed the Super Bowl uh, by a last second field goal, and our quarterback didn't play very well. Um, but you still have to make adjustments. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of Eagles players that if they hit free agency, like if if Pratt goes, that uh, is it is it JT? It's either JT or TJ Edwards, the linebacker from Philly. I think would be nice if you could get him on a reasonable deal. Um, 
you know, if Bell does walk, you could go for, oh, what is that dude's name? Um, Gardner, Gardner Johnson. Johnson. Yep. Um, you could go for the left guard from Philly. He's going to be a free agent. He's pretty good, yeah. and then he'll be cheap. I think Samalo is his name. He's not going to be. He's not a big name, but he's he's pretty good. Um, and then I I mean, if it was me personally, I would spend all my money on the offensive line. Okay. I would get it. I would try. I I will I will die on this hill. I will keep spending money on the offensive line until I get it right. Okay. Because okay. that is what you need. Joe Burrow is number one priority. He can win you a Super Bowl if he's upright, if he has time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll just go through the whole starting offensive line. Um. Ted Carras, he's locked in. Alex Kappa, he's locked in. Yes, those two were good this year. I, I, Cordell Volson, he's not going anywhere, literally, because he, he's a rookie. But if you can upgrade, I think you do. Yes. That would be my thing with Cordell Volson. Um, Jackson Carmen, I know he's not a starter, but... He would be a decent tackle backup. I, I would okay. I would say he'd be a decent tackle backup. Uh, I think, I mean, Akeem Adeniji, I think he did good for what he was supposed to do. Like, a backup is not is not yeah, expected I'm, to, you know, be an all-time great. Every, everybody bashes him because Chris Jones, like, beat him to sack Burrow on the Bengals' last offensive play. But it's like, that is a literal, like you said, that is an all-time great. Chris Jones is an all-time great going against a backup. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't expect him. It just sucks that it happened when it did. You can't expect him to hold Chris Jones every play. Yeah. Um, it'd be sick if the Bengals played on Thanksgiving. That would be badass. That would be really I don't. I don't know. There's not like a... You need to learn to stay on topic, I, man. I do. Fuck it. My podcast... Um, but I mean, there's really not an interesting game. I mean, maybe a road game in the division, you play it prime time late at night, but like, I don't know, maybe at Jacksonville, that'd be pretty sick. But anywho, um, so, Volson, Kappa, Carras, they're all there. Now, Lyle Collins, his contract's really weird. He signed a two- or three-year deal, but they could... He signed a three-year deal that's really technically a two-year deal with, like, a third option year. But he can... He can be cut. Okay. And uh, through no fault of his own, I like Lyle Collins, but he's he has, he's had back issues, and now he tore something in his leg. The injury is a concern, yes. especially at the age he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think realistically, he's probably the. If I were to pick one offensive lineman to go this year, it would be Lyle. Realistically, <laughs> what about Jonah Williams? He'll be there next year. Okay. Now, I, I he may not be there after that, but he'll be there next year. Let me ask you this. Um, 
from a <laughs> hypothetical, yet could be realistic, but I guess hypothetical is not realistic. Um, anyway, let's say Lyell and Jonah Walk. Okay. What would you attempt to do? At least try. You don't know if it's going to work, but at least try. Me, I would, depends on what they do with Orlando Brown or what the Chiefs do if they franchise tag him. But. I don't think they franchise tag. Do you know how the franchise tag works? You can explain that to me. Okay. But, um. They're going to they're gonna sign Orlando Brown back this year, I think. With that attitude, they are. I'm just on giving you po- my honest uh, opinion, On, on man. this podcast, we have positive attitudes when it comes to talking about the Bengals. Anyway. I w- that's why I kept telling you, what would you try to do? I would at least try to put, like, let it be known that we want Orlando Brown Jr. The good Orlando Brown, not the... That's a Raven guy. He's a little freaky. Um, and then Mike McGlinchey. I would at least, if hopefully I pronounce that name right, it, I would at least try to see what I can do. Yeah, I mean, you could do that theoretically if you're the Bengals. That's normally not how they do business, though. Like, I, I'm looking at it, I'm trying to look at it from a, there's what I want them to do and what I think they're going to because do based on their history. Okay. I would love to get Brown and McGlinchey. That would be amazing. But I don't think they're going to do that. Okay. I do think McGlinchey is possible. I will say that. Who was it? What I would do is I would sign a left tackle, regardless of who it is, and then if I had to, I would trade up to get a right tackle to potentially that right tackle – potentially could take over for the left tackle when their contract's up. That's what I would do. And then if you could sign um, the dude, I can't remember his name, Samalo or whatever it is from Philly at left guard, I would do that because Volson has a year of starting under his belt, so he'd be probably one of the best backups in the league, you know what I mean, at that point. I just yawned, and I realized it was hard to – like move your tongue when you're in like the peak of your yawn your tongue is like disabled please stay on topic oh come on try it no well, next i don't time, have to yawn okay but next time you yawn you remember like try to move your tongue it's hard it's difficult i just realized it anyway guards who were the two guards this time last year in that we were looking for in free agency i know one was teron armstead oh he was a tackle he was a left tackle yeah tackle guards, um, offensive linemen. Who were the offensive linemen? It was Ryan Jensen and, and Teron Armstead. was the two that the fans wanted. Let okay, me put that and, way. The, and then Brandon uh, Scherf or Schreff, right? Scherf, but I don't think he was ever realistic. Okay. But, but, yeah, I don't because think Armstead was either. I do think Jensen was realistic. Yeah. But With me, it's – offensive linemen, they don't – they're like the perfect – player they really are they have the perfect position in sports they get paid a lot to do it but they do not get any recognition at all i mean 
you name me a random offensive lineman, I'll show you someone that can walk out in public and not worry about being noticed. Yeah. A I good mean, a good percent of the time. I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I think even though they don't get any like recognition, they are pretty much the I mean, you see it with the Chiefs, they're pretty much the unsung heroes of the yeah. team. What I was trying to say was there was a lot of talk about Ryan Jensen. A lot of I think there was still a lot of talk about Lyle Collins before. And then there was a lot of talk about Teron Armstead. But as soon as free agency started, you know, we get updates. Alex Kappa, Ted Kress. I had no clue who those dudes were. I actually I knew who both of them were. I, I still don't know if I'm correct there in were, Ted's name. There were Karras, Karras, whatever. Yeah. There were talks about the Bengals last year's trade deadline trading for Karras. You know what I mean? Karras, whatever you want to call him. Um, and Kappa, I, I think Kappa was an interesting free agent because I think had Tom Brady not unretired, I think Kappa, I think our left guard would have been Karras, center would have been Jensen, right guard would have been Kappa. I think that's how it would have went. I bet now Ryan Jensen regrets it. I mean, he got injured. That's hard to really pin no, on him, you no, know what no, I mean? No, no, no. I, I'm not talking about that. Because their it's entire a, offensive line got shafted last year. They they all got injured. Yes, but what I'm saying is he's regretting because they re-sign him, expecting that Regretting his deal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, regretting his decision to re-sign because... But then again, $13 million a year. I wonder, I, I wonder how Ted Karras would have been as a guard. Well, that's what he played... Last year, before yeah, this year. Every, I mean, he would have been good. Every position on the offensive line is different. People think, yeah, people yeah, I think mean, it's all the same. It's not. Karras can play. I'm saying it now because I think it's Karras. But Karras can play. Um, he can play center or left guard. I mean, he's done them both. Yeah. So. But look at. Look at. Uh, Carmen Jackson. Or Jackson Carmen, whatever his name is. Like, he is a. He is a solid left tackle in typically. But <laughs> last year they put him at like right or left guard, something like that, and he didn't. He was left guard. Yeah, yeah he didn't do that well. But Ted Carras, he was playing left guard up in New England, and then he comes over here and he plays. Well, he's also been in the league like six, seven years. Yeah. So, I mean, he, so, he knows what he's doing. Good um, for him. But, um, uh, but I do have – what I'm getting at is I do have a feeling that – for the next, like, month and a few days, all the Bengals fans are going to be told, we need to get this player, this player, and that player, and then they're going to sign. They're not going to sign. They're not going to have any big splash. I mean, they could. You yeah. never know. But they're not going to have any big splash signings or anything like that. Another thing that I want to, and I want to preface this by saying I do not think this is going to happen, but there are little bits and rumblings of it, like there are every offseason with this player. You know, PFF mentioned it. Bengals with, like, Mixon and Williams, trading Mixon, Williams, and a draft pick or two. Jonah to or Travion? Jonah. Um, which I don't think the Texans would take this trade, but because they have Damon Pierce. But to the Texans for Laramie Tunzel. That, that's a, Tunzel is a name that gets brought up every offseason in trade talks with a bunch of teams because Tunzel is such a good left tackle on such a bad team. You know what I mean? So, 
again, I don't think it'll happen, but I did want to mention it. It it is a possibility technically. Yeah. Um so we did Is everybody on the defensive line? Oh, no, they're they're all good. I do I will say this in my opinion, I do think they need to get some pass rush help. They need to get an interior or like a a specific down linebacker for pass rushing because they they get a lot of pressure, but they don't really get to the quarterback. Lou doesn't blitz a whole lot. You know, I mean, you saw what happened when he did. He blitzed Hilton off the edge against Buffalo, and it confused Josh Allen like crazy. Um, so explain the franchise tag to me because I think I know it. So the franchise tag, you, you each each position has a set amount. If they get franchise tag, they get paid this amount. Jesse Bates was – Twelve point nine million last year, right for safety. Now, if they tag him again, there's a percentage added on to that and the tax. If this tag gets used on the same player two years in a row, you know what I mean. So they could tag Bates, but it's going to cost them a lot of money to do so, a lot more than just probably giving him a new contract. So they're not going to tag Bates. You know what I mean. That that just is what it is. Bates is outside of like a a miracle. Bates is gone. That that just kind of is what it is. Yeah, I uh, could see him tagging Pratt, but I I okay. I, I think they'll so probably what, just let him walk. What about if you franchise tag someone on their rookie deal? Does that okay? Why would you franchise tag somebody? You mean coming off their rookie deal? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. Saying. I yeah. mean like. If Higgins, if they don't come to a, a deal with Higgins, right, they have Higgins on his rookie deal next year. And because he's a second-round pick, he doesn't get a fifth-year option. But then they tag him. So they have him on <laughs> – at minimum, they have him in, in Cincinnati for two more years. This you know cough, what I mean? This cough's pissing me off. Yeah, I, um, I feel you on that. Okay, in a, in a weird way, I take the franchise tag. Like, I, I know the – NFL and any sports, any sport is a business, so you can't take it personal with their decisions. But I feel like sometimes a franchise tag is a slap in the face because, prime example, Lamar Jackson. If they franchise tag him, essentially they're saying, look, we like you, but we know you want a lot of money don't exactly have that much faith in you. That's kind of the way I look that's, at it. That's not it. Jesse Bates, when he got, I'll use Jesse Bates as an example. When he got franchise tagged last year, they had a deal on the table, and the money that they offered wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. It was the guarantees in the contract that were the problem that they couldn't come to an agreement on. So the Bengals said, well, we can't come to this agreement. We really want you here. But if we're not going to come to an agreement, we're just going to slap the franchise tag on you. And that's how it would be with Lamar. They don't want to give Lamar Jackson up. They want Lamar Jackson there. But he is a running quarterback, and he has been injured the past two seasons. So I understand it from both sides because I think Lamar should get paid. He's a former MVP, unanimous MVP. At that sa- in that same vein – I understand the Ravens saying, you've been injury-prone the last two years. We're not guaranteeing you as much as you want. Okay. So, 
Um, what about? I'm gonna throw some names out randomly. Um, that don't have anything to do <laughs> with the Bengals. Um, I, I just because we're we're not just Bengals fans, we're overall NFL fans. You said something the other last week that you um you don't know if you like the regular season or free agency more. And oh, the off season is fun, dude. The, For the, me, it's the, fun. The more I think about that, the more I feel it. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, it's fun to see it shake up. Yeah, it's fun to see it sh- shake up, and then you're like, because let's be honest, the first like, really, the first two weeks of free agency, and then free agency in the NFL and the NBA are pretty much the same. First two weeks are great, and then it just dies down because you're either all the good deals have been made, or you're just waiting on that one and you get tired of waiting. Uh, yeah, after after the first two weeks, it's like, is there going to be a splash before the draft? Okay. Is essentially what free agency is. Derek Carr. He basically, he went down to New Orleans. He came back to Vegas and he said, I will not accept any trade to any team, in cl- pretty much including Saints. So he didn't, because I got, I got the update I told you, and then... I got like a I saw another headline that said he will not accept a trade to the Saints. So it didn't go well. What do you think? Mm, that's not necessarily saying it didn't go well. It, no, it, no, it no, could the, the, be that, because that. the Saints are in cap hell. That's yeah. he may want to go there. Yeah. He just they need to he needs to be cut so they can structure a deal. That is I mean that could be he doesn't want to go there, but that's how I viewed that, you know. Cuz the Saints are honestly they're a quarterback away. That roster is loaded. I mean, they have they're gonna have to get rid of a bunch of players this off season because they don't have the cap space. But um, so, what do you think happens with Derek Carr? I would say New Orleans or New Orleans or New York, the Jets. What do you think happens with? think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that um, Jimmy G goes to Tampa? Probably. And that's the most likely scenario. Either that or he's back with San Francisco, but I don't I don't think he's going back to San Francisco. Um, what do you think happens with San Francisco? Mm, I could see Aaron Rodgers. I could see Derek Carr as a dark horse. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to San Francisco, but if they throw enough money at him, he might. Um, I think San Francisco just rides with Purdy and Lance beginning of the year. I think that's their plan. Okay. Um, what I know you just talked about, but what do you think happens with Aaron Rodgers? Um, he's traded. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to get traded. It's either New York or Vegas. One of those two. Okay. I know you, New York was inquiring about him, but if, if I had to guess, if he wanted to go somewhere, I'd guess Vegas. That would be pretty crazy if he went to New York. Um, he spends all those years in um, Green Bay, just like Brett Favre did. And then he goes, Brett Favre and him both go to the Jets. Um, yeah, if I had to guess, I'd say he's probably going to be in Vegas next year. Really? Probably. Well, if, 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 it's yeah. up, if, it, if it's up to him and – I mean, everybody says uh, how smart he is. I use that uh, term very loosely. But um, if it's smart, if he's smart about it, he 
you would probably choose Vegas. One, Devontae Adams. Two, you get taxed like hell in New York, and you don't get taxed at all in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very likely that he, he's going to one of those two teams. Um, what do you think? Man, that is kind of do or die for. Actually, the more I think about that, that is going to be pretty interesting. Um, I mean, whoever gets him, it is a win now. Win this year or next year. This upcoming season or the season after. But I think it's do or die for the Jets with him because that one, that's a lot of money. And if they don't get him and he say he goes to the Raiders, um, then I lost my train of thought. Fuck. There's Um, another team. Miami has a bit of a vested interest in him. I don't necessarily know that he would go there, but. Also zero taxes. Um, Nashville, also zero taxes. People need to. Oh, he ain't going to Tennessee. I mean. I could see it, but it wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, Ryan he still might not win that division. Ryan Tannehill, he's he's gone. Yeah, he's I think he'll. Uh, who's he there? could be in San Francisco. He could be a bridge. Yeah, but it depends on how they feel about Trey Lance um, and Brock Purdy. I, I saw somewhere like a long time ago or a while back, um, maybe uh, Colin Coward said it. Uh, they can see him go to uh, Atlanta. For like a year or two. Um, what about Lamar? I think he's traded. I think he gets hit with a franchise tag, but I could very easily see him traded after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think. At minimum, they hit him with a franchise tag, and they, they get a bunch of picks. Now, I could see him hitting him with a franchise tag and him just sitting out next year. I could also see that. But I think if somebody offers them enough picks, absolutely. They'll would, there be any, would there be any way he could get traded for Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr? I don't think so. I don't no, think not like the Not just straight up. I'm saying like yeah, no, but I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers want to go there because they don't have weapons. Aaron Rodgers would be like, I'm going from this situation where I have a good defense and no weapons to Baltimore where I have a good defense and no weapons. You know what I mean? That that makes no sense to me. Um, you know what you don't see anymore? I mean, we don't pay attention to uh, the MLB because baseball's lame. But um, baseball's fun to be at, not to watch on TV, in my opinion. Uh, that's just my opinion. You know, side note, I have thought about it a lot. My, I don't have a distaste for baseball. It's just... I don't know, like, the marketing issue is bad or anything like that. Well, the mar- like, they can't market baseball at all. And 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's a dumb opinion. It probably is because I don't pay attention to baseball. Um, but I don't know. It just it seems like people aren't engaged in a sport during summer, unless it like they're engaged in in the NBA playoffs because it's the playoffs in the finals. But I mean, people are out doing shit, mowing their yard. Anyway, I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, let's get off the baseball I tangent. I don't give a fuck about baseball. But I brought up baseball because we don't pay attention to it. It might happen in baseball. Um, but you rarely ever see um, this team trade this player to this team for this player. Like, you never see a, hey – uh, Green Bay, it's Baltimore. We'll trade you Aaron Rodgers for Lamar Jackson. Now I'm just throwing that out there as an example. But it's always, hey, we'll give you um, – now, you see it more with the NBA, but there's also picks. Like, you never just see, like, this player for this player or these two players for these two players. It's always picks and cash. Or in the NFL, it's mostly like, hey, we'll trade you this player for a second and a third and a fourth. Yeah, I think in the NFL. And I, I kind of miss that, like player for player. In the NFL, I mean, you could see like compensatory players, you know what I mean? Like yeah. If, if I just uh, – You know what's really wild about trading? Dark, huh? You know what's really wild about trading? What's up? Now that they um, – was it Doc Rivers? Like – Doc Rivers was the first coach to be traded. Like, wasn't he in Boston, and then he went to L.A.? I, I think so. Maybe, man. I I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But now you're trading coaches. Like, they're treating – they're pretty much treating coaches like players. Um, look at Sean Payton. He got, I mean, he got traded. The only difference is coaches don't count <laughs> against the salary cap. That's yeah. So, um, how do you think that's going to work out? I don't know. I I think they'll have a winning season. I have my reservations about Russell Wilson. I don't have my reservations about Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is going to be a phenomenal coach wherever he goes. But I do have my reservations about Russell Wilson. He I don't I'm not saying he's bad, but he is he is small. He's still a smaller guy and he's older, so he's not as mobile. So that elusive he still has a cannon of an arm. But that elusiveness is kind of he can't really get outside the pocket. And maybe Peyton can fix that. Maybe they will go short Deacon dunk routes, but I that's not Wilson's game. I just – I don't see him doing well anymore in the NFL. I could be completely wrong. They could rattle it off and win a Super Bowl next year. Who knows? Before the season started, there was all this hype about how loaded the – AFC West should be. You had Derek Carr and the Raiders had an, on paper, they had a phenomenal offseason. Oh, their offense was you had Pat, very good you had on Pat, paper. You had Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. They're going to do what they do. You had Justin, well, I guess you still have. You have Justin um, Herbert over in L.A. on the up and the come up, however you pronounce it. Um, 
He's on the rise. He's going to do good. He's going to have a great career. And then there was hype about Russell Wilson coming to Denver. And there was all this hype around the AFC West, how loaded it was going to be. Now, obviously, you saw how that worked out. Picture this. Pat Mahomes, Chiefs, just won their second Super Bowl in, what, five years? Yeah. Um, You have Justin Herbert, who he'll – He's got Kellen Moore, yeah. new offensive coordinator. New, ca- new offensive coordinator. He's going to do good. Um, you got Russell Wilson with a very good head coach. A very good head coach that's going to change the culture. And that roster is loaded. That is literally on Russell Wilson this yep. year. Tra- you know, he's going he's gonna to change the culture. Then, potentially, you have Vegas, who's who – Keyword potential. They have the chance to put themselves in a very good position with Derek Carr. With trading him or cutting him. Cutting him or somehow opening up a situation where they can land Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So imagine. A proven coach with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert with the new offensive coordinator. Great. Chiefs still win that division. No, okay, they're still the favorites. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying that it would that would finally live up to the hype. I I disagree, but I see what you're saying. I have to see it before I believe it. Okay, I, I would. I will put money on it that the Broncos at least have a winning season, so nine or ten games, I think. Um, you put Aaron Rodgers on Devonta with Devontae Adams. All right, you're going to win at least ten games. All right, Pat Mahomes are going to do their thing. Um, I, I'll say this: if if somehow the Raiders can land a good quarterback. Or they do land um, Aaron Rodgers. Pat Mahomes' streak of winning on the road in the AFC West, that'll come to an end this season. Um, do you – have you said everything you wanted to say? I About the AFC West, no. Um, I, I will say even if Aaron Rodgers goes over there, I'm just going to pick apart the AFC West for a minute. The Chiefs are the favorites. Now, their secondary is young. They have their issues, but they are the clear favorites. They'll go into next year as the Super Bowl favorites. They already are. Um, well, but you have to see what happens in the offseason. But they they will go into next year probably as the Super Bowl favorites. Um, the Raiders, questionable coach, bad offensive line, bad defense. That is, they are a dumpster fire. Now, Aaron Rodgers makes them a potential playoff contender if the offensive line can keep him upright. Um, Denver, I don't believe in Russell Wilson. That's a personal thing. I don't think he's as good as he used to be. Sean Payton's a great coach. 
I still don't think he could fix Russell Wilson. Um, and then the Chargers, they have to cut some players. I would not be surprised if Khalil Mack gets cut this offseason. J.C. Jackson gets cut this offseason because they are over the cap. And Staley is still a big question at head coach. Mm-hmm. So the only, the only team with actual continuity and structure is Kansas City. Now, that could change. I could be completely wrong, but I'm going into it looking like Kansas City is still easily the favorite in that division. I don't think anybody else is close, regardless of what they do this offseason. Okay. What what else? <laughs> you told me a couple of days ago you have a lot you want to say. Um, have you said everything you want to say? Yeah, just – I. My big thing was I wanted to see – for the Bengals, I want to see – I want to see them get a pass rush and address the offensive line, even though I don't think they're going to. Okay. They might get a pass rush, but I don't think they're going to go hard to address the offensive line. Okay. Um, any bold predictions for next season? Um, Maybe when the draft's over, okay. we'll do it. When everybody's set, you know what I mean? We'll do it. We'll do another one and after free agency and the draft, and we can see, and then we can do predictions and talk about it and stuff. I have a bold prediction. What's that? Controversial prediction. Oh, yeah, you said that earlier today. Generational prediction. Oh, my God, just get on with it. Super Bowl 58 Vegas in the Death Star. I think that's what they nicknamed uh, Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be a wild week out in the desert. It's going to come down to the greatest cat fight of all time. Your Cincinnati Bengals. Detroit Lions, let's go. Dan Campbell is going to rip off kneecaps all season long. They're going to be America's team. You know what I mean when I say that. Everybody's going to love them. Everybody's going to be rooting for them. It's going to be a great story. They're going to win their division. They are going to be the Bengals of last year. Joe Burrow gets his first ring. Cincinnati literally implodes. That, that um, is a bold that, prediction. I bold. half expected you. I almost forgot about the Lions. I, I, you said the Cats, and I'm like, wait, the Jaguars are in the AFC. Is he really going to pick Cincinnati and Carolina? And then I remembered the Lions right as you were going to say it. I was going to come back witty with, like, you're picking Sam Darnold to be in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, actually, I really like that. I I do. I like that. No cat has ever won the Super Bowl. I do. It's crazy. So, but that's my prediction. It's going to be phenomenal. My prediction, I'll do this. I'll do a prediction right now, but I'm reserving the right to change it after the draft, after free agency and the draft. The early look prediction. I'm dying on this hill. Uh, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to die on mine. Um, wait, 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 I I just want to say, barring injuries or anything that 
you know, like, I don't know. I mean, with how everything is with cancel culture and, like, sensitivity and whatnot, say somebody says something and then, like, you know, they're like, hey, we got to, we have to cut ties with you. And it could be anybody that could potentially be essential to either team. Um, it's not a... I'm not trying to backtrack. I just wanted to... Okay. It's not really a bold prediction, but I am going to go... This year, I did Bills-Rams. Half of that was relevant, I would say. Um, Buffalo was a contender. Um, I will go... I go Bengals 49ers next year. Bengals getting the revenge in the third game of the triple header. That I think I believe that would be the first ever three peat match, yeah. Yeah. In the um uh Super Bowl. Uh what did you think about the halftime show? It was good. It wasn't anything phenomenal. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It, it was good. Yes. I, I mean, it was It was a good halftime yeah. show. And, you know, I was... It, it wasn't as good as last year's. Now, I'm not saying last year's was the best, but last year's was pretty good, and that's a nostalgia thing, I think. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I think the best was um, Paul McCartney um, when, I think it was Super Bowl thirty six. Yeah, it, yeah, it would have been Super Bowl thirty six, um, right after nine eleven. He basically just had him. It was him, a microphone and a piano, and then like, I I believe the whole performance. It just went. No wait, fuck no. That not, that was you uh, two. I think I'm pretty sure. I, I believe you two performed. In the Super Bowl after 9-11. And then um, when they performed, like there was just a screen of all the names of the people that died on 9-11 just constantly going for the however long the the performance was. And I think that was, you know, that was the best. Because, like, imagine, you know, how crazy that was. Um, but Paul McCartney did... You know, um, he did do the halftime show a while back. Um, it was after Bono, and it was literally just him chilling on a microphone mm-hmm. and a uh, piano. I thought it was cool. It was just, it, like, tonight kind of ri- reminded me of that because usually, like, every suit or every halftime show is crazy. They do something, like like, out there. Um, it's more of a s- spectacle than a performance, if that makes any sense at all. But um, Rihanna, yeah, she was going up and down and stuff, but she was calm with everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she obviously she's pregnant, but and you can't be like jumping around, going crazy, like you know, what's his name, fucking Fifty Cent. Yeah, hanging for <laughs> more, more like a fucking dollar. Right. Boy, put on the pounds, thick with two C's, baby. Um, 
But, you know, hanging upside down, I don't know. I'm not a, you know, pregnantologist. But, hey, (laughs) my show I can do as I please. Um, I don't think hanging upside down is the best thing to do. I don't know. Never been pregnant. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, But she was like... You know, she was just calm with it. And, and like you said, I mean, I got on Twitter and everybody's like, oh, Rihanna's back, or oh, she killed it, blah, blah, blah. And I, look, I'm not going to diss on her at all. I'm a Rihanna fan. I like her. Um, she huh? Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was good. I don't think it was anything like spectacular or. Like, oh, we're going to remember that one. I think it was just, it was good. It didn't disappoint, but um, it was just something simple. And I did like the fact that typically you, you see someone come on, like you see an act come on, and then they have like side acts. You know, Coldplay had Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars had the Red Hot Chili uh, Peppers. Um, Katy Perry had uh, whatever. Um, Missy Elliott, um, but uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was kind of pretty cool, laid back. Um, I think next year they'll probably do Taylor Swift because I I'm pretty sure she was the first option. Um, and, and I I don't I'm not taking anything away from Rihanna being second option, but I think they were kind of. Just my opinion. They, I believe they were probably hesitant asking her because they had asked her before and she turned it down because they didn't, she didn't like what the NFL stood for. So they were probably hesitant to ask her. And then when Taylor turned it down and Taylor turned it down, I think I read because she wants to finish re recording all her albums because of some reason, some other reason I don't really care about. Um, but uh, she said she wants to, like, finish re-recording her albums. And then they were like, okay, well, you know, what do we got to lose? Like, again, not saying anything against Rihanna, but they were probably like, well, she said no once. You think she'll say no again? I don't know. If it's in Vegas next year, they might go crazy with it. Yeah. So. Hmm. I don't know. Throw out a DMX hologram and. I'll say this. Gonna give it to you. (coughs) They are kind of, uh, like, I mean, after Taylor Swift, who, my opinion, and I think, I I truly believe this is correct. In the music industry, when you headline the Super Bowl halftime show, you have reached the peak like the pinnacle of the music industry because that is the, like, that's the Super Bowl. Like, everyone is watching you. You know, all eyes are on you for 15, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. I mean, yeah, I think it depends on what the person views as the pinnacle. But, uh, but... After you get 
Taylor Swift, who is there that's is a big enough name to headline the Super Bowl halftime show? If the Bengals are in it, Kid Cuddy. You know he's going to be in that. I think we should end it right there. It's Joe Burrow's favor, man. I'm just saying. You can really kill a mood. He's good, but, I mean, he ain't, you know, he ain't Super Bowl halftime material. <laughs>